Are we ever going to get this fucker started? Is this like, is it like this every time? No, it's because uh, we weren't prepared to film two podcasts today. There's a thing with the thing. Will you stop how much yelling, Kyle? How much difference is it to film Jesus. one than it is to film two? I mean, if you got one film, then you should be ready. I don't think it's quite that simple, Kyle. That's that's settled. So, soothing. It's very soothing. The little thing, the little square box over there, it's more like a rectangle. It's called a hard drive. Hard drive. I think. I don't know. Talking about mass. Well, uh, it was uploading the podcast from earlier. So we had to like make some room or whatever. I don't fucking know how any of this works. It's not just like hit the button. You're good. Just hit the button. Hit the button, Fitzy. That's it. We got Ratatouille playing over there. He's watching fucking Ratatouille. We're trying to goddamn film a podcast. He's watching Ratatouille. <clears throat> well, that's normal. And somehow yet, he does that every episode. Watches yet, Ratatouille? I don't know about Ratatouille, but somehow he manages to hit the fucking button while he's doing stupid fucking shit. Yeah, he bleeped the guy the other day and it was, <laughs> it was over and he didn't even say anything. What episode was that? Uh, was it the Whitetail episode? And also, yes, this is how all of them go. All the time. Usually, the bullshit before the episode lasts longer than the episode. So what are we even going to talk about? That's where the real jewels are. Should we kind of get some kind of base of what we're going to start talking about and then just kind of let it flow? We're going to talk about Kyle Trainwick. Why? Why indeed? (laughs) I'm going to start asking you questions and I'm going to need answers more than yeah or no. It wasn't that damn bad last time, was it? Neither one of us were worth a fucking last We were really fucking, it was late. It's going to be late again. Oh, hang on. I got this. I got it, Fitzy. He's an artist. Artiste. I'm an artist, damn it. I want to be respected for my work. <laughs> is it okay if I stare at Fitz the whole time we're doing this? Just no, stare at him? No, it's not okay. You should be looking at the I camera. Just stare at him. Just make sure you... And never blink like Joe Biden. Get the microphone right up here real close. Put it right here. The closer it is, the better it is. Sound like this right here? You like that? Yes. So this is the second attempt of the Kyle Treywick podcast. You're going to start it off like that? Yes. Okay. I want people to know your your past failures. But we're but see, it's, it's, a, it's a teachable moment. Because teachable. We're, we're coming back here. Coming back. You're going to get back on the horse, get back show on people there. how it's done. Wade, maybe you should uh, participate instead of texting. You can actually see your text messages on the screen right now. I'm a uh, what? Is the camera behind you? We're doing a podcast? <laughs> Our employee messaged me. I have to text her real quick. Is well, that one of those slave kids that you have out here no, at the ranch? No, it's not the slave children. It's, it's children not. labor. No. I thoroughly enjoyed that podcast. That y'all heard oh, the, the live stream? Yeah, the live stream about that. Not the podcast, sorry. The live stream. That was Duck, oh, Jesus. quite entertaining. Oh, no. Oh, no. You should. No, you, you still never answered my question, though, that I question? asked. I asked a question, and Fitz wouldn't even read it off for me. What a nope. jerk. What was, a, was it a bad question? No. It was a perfectly legit question. You should go back How to it right you, now. Were you watching live? 
Yes, I was watching live. Did you comment live? I commented. Or was it two I days commented later? live because you know I commented live after the live's over, you know, Kyle. Yes, I can't go I back in time and answer your questions. This, but I commented live. <laughs> I asked a question live, and Fitz didn't even freaking. He just panned over. Like, what was it? Don't even fucking exist. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> God, he's pretty upset about this. What was your question, Kyle? We'll answer it live right now. I don't remember. Fitz should bring it up. And we oh, it. it must not been that important. I don't, I never. I don't even see a question. You should go find it. I feel like you have a lot of other problems in your life, and now you're <laughs> taking them out on it's me. A, yeah, a, like I'm ignored and nobody listens to it's me. Been it's a Fitz's long, fault. This microphone is my soapbox. It's, uh, it's a called. Long, uh, it's called it's couples been a therapy. Long God. like month or two or three of. Freaking just driving all over this. Do you ever think it's just time to retire? You're getting up there. I'm 42. You say 52? 42. You don't look a day over 62. 42. (laughs) (laughs) Also, this has officially been the the most hectic uh, intro (laughs) we've done so far. It's perfect. No, I love it. Uh, Makes it would you get off your phone? I'm looking for Kyle's comment. I'm waiting to see it. What? Okay, why can't I want to hear it live? Like, okay, well, in the speaker I don't here. See it. For, for people listening to the podcast who may not have you on Facebook, we're referencing so, a... You hosted a little like kids' summer camp a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It's controversial on Facebook because you're basically very, a slave driver. Pretty much. And then so Kyle commented something. <clears throat> what was it? it? I've slipped since then, man. I don't know. And you couldn't find it, Wade? It was a question. No. It wasn't a comment. So anyway, it was very controversial. We hosted a live stream on Facebook to address people's Yeah, because concerns. Uh, there was lots and lots of comments. How many hits has that one video got now? It, it was at 800,000, I think. Oh, it hadn't grown, it hadn't grown very much since the no, podcast. It, so it was, as soon as I made a comment, this may do a million. <laughs> it just Cut off. It died. It's like they're listening to me. Nope, cut him off. No, but it it went crazy there. From so, it, I was watching it. It's, it's fascinating. <laughs> uh, it was like going slow, 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 slow. And when it hit, I think it's twenty or thirty k. It was like, <laughs> and then here come the crazies. And but we they have some things to say. So did we really already start the podcast? Is that we are we're, yes. podcasting. We're like Here's the deal. I literally no. dropped an F-bomb right in the middle of it. I thought we were still That's just talking around. son of a bitch. Here's the deal. Last time we did this, we spent an hour talking before the podcast. Yeah. And then we were out of stuff to talk about. Yeah, exactly. So we, we burned all our energy. You're just going to have to deal with it at this point. I don't person. Care. Let's do it. We are doing it, Kyle. We're literally podcasting. Uh, exactly. Are you going to go back and tell all the people at the old folks home? Yeah. I was on one of them podcasts today. Podcast over yonder. So uh, you're gonna have to explain to them what a podcast is. So what? So do it. Come on. I don't have to cough. Had a burp. <gasps> <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So you're a you're a fan. You're a devout fan of the podcast. What are the most interesting ticks of Wade's that you've noticed? Let's talk about those live on air. All of them. <gasps> I'm mm. telling you. Mm. Okay, did y'all? I, it's a thing. We can cut that out. No, leave no, it. I know. Leave it. Totally leave it. Uh, 
where? No, no. Is there any other ticks? Because I notice a lot. Yes, he tells me all of them. Even they I bother me. Yeah, you're, you're, you got like some, like I don't know, autism, Rain, Rain Man thing going over here. <laughs> you can't say that anymore, Kyle. What? That's our word. I'm just saying. It's, you didn't say that. <laughs> There's an implication. <laughs> I'm on the spectrum. Is that what you want to say? No, I'm not saying you're on the spectrum. I'm just saying you, you oh, got, you're kind of you quirky are. yourself. Quirky. Yeah, you're very quirky yourself, and your quirk is That's a noticing weird way other of saying people's gay. quirks. <laughs> Anyways, you you have any more to add to that? Just, it's just the, the lung cancer that gets you. I, no, oh, no, Jesus really. Christ. That's all, that I can't help but just laugh every time you do that, and it's. <clears throat> cracks me up i gotta whatever moving on carry on <laughs> you would be amazed how many they're edited out yeah probably it's probably like four times as bad as you're thinking sometimes okay it's like a floodgate once it gets opened it's <laughs> so there's nothing else you want to criticize Wayne on about his podcast yeah come no, I, we brought you all the way out here. Well, what you? It's in your <laughs> mind. Bring it up. Let's talk. About oh no, it. he's already told me all of them. Uh, he I mean, told me again. Because you never visit us anymore. That's rude, Kyle. I'm here <laughs> against your will. You kind of got tricked into this. On top of that, you're Cotton. like, oh no, I can't do that tonight. And then you like bust out a new shirt, and you're like, oh, I have a change of outfit. I, I have two. <laughs> I have two brands of shirts: the company I work for, and I have TP8 shirts, and that's literally my entire wardrobe. Oh, I can't be on a podcast. Quadash. I went. <laughs> I took the company shirt off, walked out there, dug in my overnight bag, drug out a t-shirt, and this, mm. this is the one it is. Anyways. Moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about Kyle. What you want to talk about? Got all kind of stuff to talk about. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? I can talk what about would make you feel comfortable, Kyle? I'm comfortable, man. Whatever you want to talk about. Let's get in. I want to, because I'm curious, I want to hear more about it. When you went to college for biology. Yeah. Wildlife biology. I went to Texas Tech. I uh, started out at Weatherford College, got some basic stuff out, transferred to Tech. Uh, my degree is in wildlife and fisheries management. Uh, so take me through the classes. Like, what do you, what does it have to, how do they break it down? I mean, I had, you know, classes like habitat management, waterfowl management, uh, freshwater ecology, um, a lot of biologies, you know, like in there with pre-med, pre-vet, stuff like that, and the basic stuff. And then, uh, I mean, it was, you know, just whatever wildlife classes you, you could catch as you were there, whether it was big game ecology or upland game management. Uh, I mean, this goes on a lot of range management stuff in there, uh, plant identification. That was probably, that was the only five hour course I think I ever took. Uh, had a two hour lab with it. Um, chemistries, organic chemistries. I will give my wife credit. The only reason I passed organic chemistry is because she did. She was smarter than I was and I was taking the class with her. And that's where you met her, isn't it? Not, it was met her at Tech. Not oh, We were already dating by the time we took that. That was my last semester. I rounded her up while I was walking through the up. library after I finished my <laughs> last final of a spring semester. And uh, she was really quiet. Didn't want to talk to nobody, so I stopped and I was like, I'm going to make her talk. I was going to get a breakfast taco. I was not going through the library to study. It was just on the way to go get the breakfast tacos. And uh, 
Yeah, so. You rounded her up. I rounded her up. <laughs> I just never heard it quite put that way. Yeah. How come you don't do nothing with that degree now, or do you do you still do stuff? I still do some degree? stuff. Yeah, I still do some stuff. So what do you do with that degree? I help. So when I first got out of college, I went to work for a guy that was from hometown, same degree, same college. Uh, I worked for him some kind of while I was in school. We did, you know, a lot of prescribed burns and stuff like that. And I was helping do surveys and and uh, guide a little bit here and there in college, kind of make a little extra money. Deer surveys? And, yeah. And, uh, well, we did some we, – we surveyed lakes too, uh, you know, fish surveys. How do you do that? It's actually pretty interesting. We had to hire a guy that uh, came in, and he had this boat, and it's got these little electrodes that are floating or sticking down in the water. And as he's going down through there, and he's just kind of working a grid around the lake, and uh, these, I mean, it's it's electricity. So the fish come floating up. They're all they look like they're dead, but they're just spazzed out. You scoop them up, you measure them, you weigh them, and then you pitch them back in. I didn't know that was a thing. Do they still do it that way, or since like all the fish finders it's got far, so good? No, yeah. no, no, no. They still do it this way. Really? Mm-hmm. As so far what, as I know. So what do they do? As far as the, I mean, do they do it kind of the same way you do deer? Like just get an average, I guess it would be, or also yeah, I mean, just it's, doing it's, a certain grid on like. And yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you're trying to figure out you know what all species you got. You're kind of trying to figure out the health of them and the size of them. I mean, you know, okay, we introduced crappie into this lake in five years ago and you see what kind of you know what kind of health they're in and how much they're growing and kind of get an idea what you need to pull out of it and i mean if you've got a if you're seeing a lot of fish that you know say take a bass largemouth bass that should weigh two pounds and he's weighing a pound but he's got the body length of a two pound you know he's just thin then you know you've you're overstocked or you're right you need to introduce more bait fish or do some fertilizing or something fertilizing yeah you put fertilizer in a lake before it entered it increases plankton growth and stuff like that oh. and uh i mean it's good for your small fish which are good for your big fish and right. so on and so forth that's something i haven't done a whole lot with over the years but i mean i've done some. i didn't know any of that existed and see now jumping back to the wildlife side of it now we we do a lot of surveys um so i still work for the same guy just kind of side gig i've done it ever since i you know i worked for him for full time for a year or two and then uh ever since then i mean still help him guide and we still survey i mean he's one of my best, my best friends i mean we hang word we go pig hunting i mean we're always doing something together uh two boys you know just now one of them's in college one's fixing to go into college uh just i mean i've known him my whole life so we he's a little older than i am but when we, more or less we kind of grew up and uh same circles. We didn't really get to know each other much until we got a little older. But uh, anyway, so now he started a aerial drone survey and stuff. And uh, so we do surveys now with uh, this company he's got called Nighthawk Aerial Surveys. And we take these thermal drones up and we'll survey your ranch with that and getting phenomenal results. I mean, right. yeah. stuff, you know, we've done helicopter surveys over the years. We've done spotlight surveys. We've done thermal surveys you know, out of the truck, you know, handhelds. Yeah. And, you know, we thought we had pretty good handle on, you know, getting population stuff pretty close. Man, it wasn't even any in the ballpark. Right. It's unreal. Uh, I'm assuming this is the time of year that y'all like to do that because you yeah. can see the antlers. Well, yeah, you can see the antlers right now. So you can do a 
you can do your population survey and your sex ratio survey at night because yeah. their antlers are, you know, they got blood flowing through them. They're showing heat. So when y'all when y'all do something like that, do y'all just count what's on that property or y'all do a allotted amount outside of that property, depending on the size? Depending on if it's high fence or low. Oh, yeah, true. I mean, if it's high fence, we're just counting to the fence. If right. it's low fence, you know, when you're flying up there, whatever height you're at, I mean, you're actually, when you fly to the fence, your camera's panned over into the neighbors a certain way, and, you know, we'll, we'll count a certain percentage of those. Right. As far as... Do y'all service more high fence people or low fence? Um, I'd say it's pretty close, fifty fifty. Uh, you know, we got some bigger ranches out in West Texas and stuff like that, and and uh, even you know, different parts of the state. I mean, we we've done surveys out everywhere. I'm assuming you have to have some sort of license or whatever from the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's got all of his stuff through through Parks and Wildlife. You know, he goes through all the per. He's got all the licenses, you know, for every ranch that we fly, he's got, you know, all the LOAs and everything legit. Um, and then he's got his, you know, pilot's license and all the stuff through FAA, FAA also. So, I mean, it's, it's, everything's up right. and up. There's nothing to be hit about it. So what do you, what do y'all do? Obviously, like say I called y'all, y'all came out and surveyed. What do y'all, what do y'all do with the information? Just like, here's the information y'all recommend stuff or it's what? whatever you want. I mean, it's it's obviously if you're going to be making you know recommendations, that kind of consultation kind of stuff, you know, right. it costs for that also. If you just want the numbers, I mean, you can pay for that part of it. Yeah. What is a healthy buck to doe ratio? Uh, <laughs> that that's one of them things that everybody likes to argue. I mean, yeah. Uh, and it also depends on you know what kind of situation you're running in. Are you running in a high fence or low fence? Are you running in a big high fence? Are you running in a 300 acre high fence? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people want to get down there as close to one to one as you can. Um, I'm a I'm a one to one ish fan. I mean, are you? you no, know, it's it's almost impossible to get it down perfect one to one. Yeah. But you know, you get it as close as you can, and you know, to the point that you're happy with it. Yeah. What would you rather see? more like obviously one-to-one it's going to be hard for most places yeah what would you rather see more bucks or more does i'd rather see the same amount (laughs) (laughs) if you you can't choose the same amount is there is any one better than the other say so you got a two to one would you want two bucks to one doe or two does one buck i'd rather have two does to a buck you're gonna have a lot less fighting going on you're gonna have a lot less damage on your antlers and you're going to have a lot less of your good mature bucks getting killed fighting yeah as it pertains to bucks during rut i don't think a lot of people know this and we should have talked about it in the last podcast but you're here now we're gonna talk about some deer stuff do all bucks get to breed does kyle no how does that how, wait, tell us how it goes i mean okay i say no is a year and a half, two and a half year old deer going to sneak in and find a way to breed one every now and then? Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's impossible to stop that. Um, my opinion, you know, three year olds are going to start breeding a little bit more, but I'm still not counting them as in my breeding population of bucks. Yeah. Four year old on is what I'm classifying as my breeding 
population right. of bucks. So, um, and like I'm not saying that a two or three in a right. year and a half old is yeah. not going to breed. It's going to happen. It's just, and it also depends on where you're at. I mean, if you're in a very intense management herd where you've got, you know, I mean, ideally you've got a similar number of year and a half, two and a half, three and a half, four yeah. and a half, five and a half. You know, you've got your replacement herd coming up as your hunting herd is going down mm-hmm. and a native deer situation. I'm not talking about breeder deer being turned out or nothing. I'm talking about a native deer situation. I don't care if it's high fence or not. Um, you know, it's it's a the ideally you you've got the, a similar amount of deer coming up. Right. So, you know, the way it works, I mean, your more aggressive deer are going to do the majority of the breeding. Yes. They're gonna whoop off them younger deer. Yeah. Um. So unless they can just sneak in and get lucky. Yeah, it's not going to happen for them too often. Yeah, a lot of people out here we're we're lucky. It's pretty open. Well, I don't know if we're lucky, but as as it pertains to watching stuff like that, we get to see a lot of stuff during rut because it is so open. Get a little bit of elevation, you can see a lot of great <clears> stuff. <throat> out here, it's pretty easy to watch. Like the I call it the breeding bug. Basically, just whipping, whipping them left and right, keeping them off that yeah. dough. And most times, all he's got to do is just bow up. Yeah. I mean, he don't even have to do that much. You know, he bows up, lays him ears back, cocks his head and walks toward him. That younger buck's going to leave on yeah. out. He's 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 going to go do something else. Whereas, you know, people in smaller parcels of land, thick land, they may yeah. not ever see. Well, and you take, you take, you know, like me and you both grew up hunting on small tracts of land. Yeah. You know, if you've seen a three-year-old buck out there, you thought he was old. So, yeah, in that situation, yeah, your year-and-a-half, two-and-a-half-year-old bucks are doing a lot of the breeding because it's yeah. all that's out there because everything else is getting shot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you think is a good age to harvest a – we're going to call it a shooter buck, like a, a trophy buck. Like a sure-enough trophy? Like yeah. this is the one that we've let him breed? Yes. Not before six-and-a-half. Yeah. What is your thoughts – on spikes kill them all <laughs> make them dead make them dead yesterday now you we should leave it at this just so there's like no. you've been in the stand with me oh yeah so you yes. you know you you've seen you, you know how yeah yes now you've been in the stand with me when we were out here on y'all's and yes it was we were just waiting for pigs to come in because rifle season hadn't even started yet. And I've got MLD yo tags on the brain and this buck walks out. I'm like, kill him now, Wade, kill him, kill him now, make him dead. Uh, and you're like, we can, it's not deer season yet. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not deer season yet. I shot a buck just yet. Oh wait. Yeah. That was in our MLD stuff. We are okay. not MLD. Yes. It ended up getting shot, but I kind of want to just leave it at that. Not do any explanation, but <laughs> I guess we'll give an explanation. So, let's hear your theory on spikes. <clears throat> you just did kill him. Well, I mean, he, he did it. <laughs> he did the thing. Try, I tried not. To, I had to turn. I was trying not to, but he had to bring it back up. Oh God! As in, okay. So let's just say Kyle doesn't shoot the spike. Okay, here's my theory on shooting spikes. Okay, it's you got to start managing a herd somewhere. Um, and I mean, there's been stuff done with spikes. I mean, there's the Curd WMA out there. They did a big deal with spikes. And, yeah. And you know they, 
you know, had them in a situation where they could gather their sheds up every single year and knew which buck they went to and did the same thing with four points and six points and eight points at a year and a half old. And you go out there and look at the, at the horns. I mean, they've got their entire lifespan yeah. of antlers lined up right there. And most, you know, spikes pretty well turned into a dink. Yeah. What I would call a crap head eight point. Yeah. And you're multi-tine bucks as a year and a half. Garanda, you know, a little bit more. Yeah. Can a spike grow into something every once in a while? Yeah, it's going to happen. Could a spike grow into a 200-inch native white-tailed deer in the state of Texas? Yeah, it could. Are the odds with it? Probably not. <laughs> so let's go ahead and thump him now yeah. and not have to worry about killing him when he's a four-year-old. Or a three-year-old or a six-year-old. Or the next thing you know, he's got 20 of his little sires running around with little old 11 points sticking up. You said, so basically if it's a a one-and-a-half-year-old spike, kill it. Yeah. If it's over that, then by God, oh, God, yes. That one was. Yeah. And, you know, 99% of the spikes you see out there are going to be a year-and-a-half old. Right. You know, it's not, you know... I have seen a more mature spike in my life. Yes. One, maybe two. You know, you hear about people going, oh, man, I shot this old spike, you know, and he was, he is old, dear. His teeth is wore down. Well, was his teeth wore down or did his year and a half old teeth just fall out? <laughs> yeah. You know, because that year and a half old tooth, that tricuspid tooth is going to wear down to nothing before he loses it. Yeah. And a lot of people open his mouth up and go, oh, man, he's old. Look how wore down that is. And yeah, well, next year that tooth wouldn't even be there. He's going to have a whole new one, and it's going to be nice we and pointy and sharp. Jaw in and go over that. We can do another one over that. Mm-hmm. We can do it one of these days. I'll probably do a YouTube video or something on that. Something that's more. Anyways, so basically, shortened down version is kill them. Kill them because they're crapheads. You know what you what are you looking for in a year and a half old? Like, if you're going to say, that's going to make a good deer. Eight point, six point? If he's got brow tines, I'm going to let him live. You know, if he's a, if he's this. Right. That's still a spike in my head. You know, if he's got two, you know, just a little old straight up, split on the end, no brow tine, that's a spike as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) So, what do you like to see? What makes you happy in a year and a half old buck? Something like eight point. Oh gosh, you see a main just a legit something that's ten monstrous. point as a year and a half old. Yeah, I'll get freaking wound up over that. You know, big. You know, main. I mean, just eight point that's got you know that you can just right. see the potential in. You know, whether he's he's already got a good beam length for his for what he is. I mean, you got to yeah. look at everything for what he is. You can't look out there and go, oh, uh, that main beam's not but twelve inches long. But well, yeah, he's twelve inches long. But he's that's his first set of antlers. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts on eight points? At what age? Four years old. Kill it. Just go ahead and kill, kill it. it. What if it's like a unless now? I, now there's ex, there's except there's always exceptions <laughs> to the eight point rule. Eight point. Everybody, lo- I love a big eight point. Now you throw a four and a half year old eight point out there that'll score one forty. Right. Yeah, it's not going to hurt to let him go. Yeah. You know, especially if he's sporting some of them big old brow tines and, you know, 
12 inch g2s up there or something like that or he's got a freaking 22 inch main beam at four and a half years old you know yeah i mean you gotta there's exceptions to every rule what what's your what's your cutoff point let's say is 120 inch for you you gotta smoke my smoking 130 probably probably gonna <laughs> smoke him so about 140 upper outside i don't know you know it's it's one of them things you kind of at, at that point once he starts getting in the upper 30s on i'm gonna take it on kind of a and that's a big ass eight people don't 138 inches is eight point is a, that's a lot of antler yes. for eight points a lot of people tell that's my favorite thing to score stuff and all that yeah but and, 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 and i'm also going to take the ranch into account you know what kind of genetics you know, is this ranch here throwing 190-inch native whitetail at, right. at six and a half years old or 200 or 180? Or, you know, or is this ranch going to – is it maxed out? At, you know, the biggest thing you're going to get that the habitat's going to allow? Are we – is 150, 160 all you're going to get? Then, you know, that 130-inch eight-point ain't that bad when you go to doing looking at it that way. Yeah. you got to take into – you know, where you're at and what you're doing and what the management plan is for that ranch um, and, and what kind of habitat you're dealing with, what your genetics are you're, that you're dealing with. And, again, I'm not talking breeder pen. I'm talking strictly native genetic right. stuff. I don't yeah. care high fence, low fence, whatever. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've dealt with breeder pen deer. You've heard me talk about it. I've darted a umpteen jillion of them and uh, getting them ready to – ear tag tattoo and all that good stuff too but i'm i'm talking in a native what right. i what i like i like native genetics yeah. yeah so as it pertains to genetics a lot of people talk about the bucks like they're the most they're, they're the key ingredient what what's more what's the more key ingredient a good doe or a good buck I think it's, I mean, and this is like, there's no science for me to back this up. I kind of relate it back to what you took cattle. I was, I was raised up around cattle. Um, you know, the cow has, you're, you're taking 50% of the genetics from there, 50% from the bull. You know, you don't want to throw, you're not going to go throw this high dollar bull on a Jersey cow and expect her to have an awesome calf. It's just not going to happen. So I kind of take the same thought process into deer, you know, yeah, that doe's going to have, you know, she's sporting half the genetics. Yeah. As far as, well, to, 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 to date, Junior? Well, I'm trying to decide, like, <laughs> did we stop there and move on to different subjects so we don't have a super long. Just a second whitetail video in a row yeah. almost? <laughs> we'll move on. What is smarter? Ooh. Oh yeah, we, yeah, a coyote, or do you just say buck or white tail? White tail. Wait, I no, I think we had to preface. What was the whole deal? White tail buck, a mature white tail buck, or an old coyote? An old coyote is harder to hunt. Smarter, smarter. You heard it here, folks. Wait, I think what, I said that last what did he time. say? The coyote. Expound on that answer. That's good. There's like there was an old podcast answer. This is the second podcast. We're getting. Do you think my opinion has changed? They don't. The people listening to this haven't heard your opinion because we had to delete that. Well, podcast. I just said it. Expound, I just. I literally sir, like. I sire, literally just. I must inquire. Said, do you expound? Expand. Uh, well, I mean, what? It's a uh, 
Anybody that's hunted Obviously, green coyotes and hunted whitetail, this is a this is yes, is a mature whitetail buck. Can he be hard to hunt? Absolutely, he can be hard to hunt. They're going to go nocturnal. They're going to, you know, but they're still going to screw up every now and then. Otherwise, you wouldn't be see, being be seeing people hang freaking I need monster your, whitetails on the wall and look at look at the camera, look at the camp your camera. Tell Daniel he's wrong. You're wrong, Daniel. <laughs> You're wrong. You have small hands. Kind of short. And you're balding completely. <laughs> just, just attack him. We had we got another set. But of I love small you, Dave. Love you, buddy. We, have, we got another set of small hands. I should have brought him in. <laughs> I wish we still had many, Daniel. We could have set him right here. Yeah, he could have. I believe here. this would have been on the podcast that he was on. It may have been a different one, early one. Yeah, where we talked about, you know. When, Something to consider because this is an argument that people have yes. on the internet because people have stupid arguments on the internet. Yes. Yeah. Is that people talk about how smart mature bucks are not taking into account that you can't shoot them after dark. 100%. Whereas a old coyote will be hard to kill day or night. Exactly. And I think that's kind of a. a I think well, I, I can equate it this direction. Okay. You can go out and shoot at a buck. This morning, there's still a chance you can go to that same stand as long as that doe he was running with wants to come back to that stand. If he, she's if he's with hot doe, she comes yeah. back to that same stand that afternoon. You can shoot him yeah. right there, yeah. same spot, within a 12 hour span. Yep. You ain't gonna do that with a coyote. Probably not. Probably. You know, you miss not. that coyote. There's a good chance you ain't ever gonna see him again unless you just happen to get freaking lucky. I think a lot of that comes. If you're a people, lucky duck, <laughs> shout out to our. No, I'm kidding. We don't actually have any sponsors. <laughs> I That'd have been a great ad read. It would have been uh, a great ad read. Just, just went ahead and went with speaking it. Speaking of lucky, speaking of lucky duck, have you seen the new lucky? super revolt from yeah. Lucky Duck? <laughs> e calls. Lucky Duck e calls. We are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, almost took the wall down. Trap. You got to. <laughs> Here, let me show you how to get rid of it. <sighs> Try that. Try it. Do it. Do it now. <laughs> I thought he was just laughing. I, I, he was was, I was like, man, I'm hilarious. <laughs> he, done, he done went and Charlie horsed up on us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Make Wasn't sure he calling is, you old earlier? Make oh. sure this is this for sure stays in the... Uh, podcast it's got to be there again this is like our most chaotic entry into the tph this isn't just the entry we're like no no 30 minutes into this deal no no no, i'm saying an entry into the catalog of tph podcasts this one is gonna be chaotic comparatively yeah it's all right it's great it's right is there anything else you need to do that we're trying to film a podcast here you want to do some of that p90 yoga p90x yoga uh, that's that rowing machine for you son anywho Let's get moving on. Let's get the predator hunting. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Now I can't do it without laughing. Thanks a lot, Kyle. I just spit on the microphone. Sorry. Uh, You should see where Pitsy put it. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) That was very disturbing. You should have looked over when Uh, I did. I I looked over. I seen it. (laughs) Anyways. When did you get into predator hunting? When I was a kid, uh, 
Dad. He's like 19. No, like 40. Yeah, we're talking 18, like 1980s. 18, huh? We're talking like 1980s, the first time I went predator hunting. 1890s? Uh, so you're in your 30s. <laughs> so my dad and uncle, uh, they all, they always predator hunting when I was growing up. Um, every once in a while, me and my cousin could talk them into taking us, you know, with them. We usually had to sit inside the cab and, you know, we'd get fussed at for breathing because it moved. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, yes. Be still. You couldn't do nothing right. Like, all I did was breathe. So, and uh, so the wait, first. Were they not hunting then? Yeah. Were they just in the back of the pickup? Back of the truck with a Q beam resting Johnny, on the cab. Johnny Stewart? No, no, Mouth no. Call. Radio Shack. Radio Shack. The radio Shack, freaking tape deck with a Radio Shack horn. I remember it right now. There's like a baby blue looking thing, and they bent it on Do the bottom. Do they still have it? No. No. Sucks. That'd been great. It's been too many people move. But uh, anyway, the so I, that was where I got my start, you know. And I guess the the most memorable ones growing up um, was one night they they just decided they were going to take the old long tom twelve gauge out and the old ten gauge single shot goose gun that was bought just for hunting turkeys and stuff and uh good gosh i think the, i don't know how many gray fox they killed that night but i mean it was just filling the bed of the pickup you know every time they stopped they were calling up four five six and you know it's that was and we were, we were actually in the back of the truck then with them so it was kind of you know get blood was pumping yeah. i might have been six eight years old and then uh i learned how to trail blood one night they should uh Dad was a good friend of his he grew up with, and uh, I grew up with his kids and predator hunted with them a lot. Um, you know, from the time we were real young, just like my cousin, you know, it was just anytime they went, we, one of us were trying to tag along. And uh, so shot a red fox that night, and we get out and we start trying to find it. And they were experimenting with some bullets, you know, trying. they were selling hides and stuff back then, so they were trying to find something that didn't tear them up. And I believe they probably shot that one with a solid – uh, point trying to you know see what it would do and it just pinholed through him and right. so we trailed this red fox at like for like 300 yards well you, you know hell next thing you know i'm on my hands and knees with a flashlight and i'm trailing blood and they're just following me and then i would say the next one the one that really got me all fired up was i was probably maybe 10 and was on dad one night, you know, just there for, I'd probably been on him for a month. I want to go call him. I want to go call him. I want to go call him, you know, because at that point I was shooting, had had my own rifle. I wanted to freaking go kill a bobcat or a coyote or something. And so dad jumps me before we ever get out of the truck. He's like, you do not pull the trigger until I tell you to shoot. <laughs> okay. So we're up on top of this hill on this place and it was, it was one of my favorite, I mean, one of the favorite stands I've ever ha- had to be able to call me because it just kind of plateaued out and then it dropped down and you could see just freaking 100 acres of this mesquite flat, you know, and you were up above it all so you could really see good. And this bobcat starts coming in and I watched him basically come from probably three, 400 yards all the way to the base of this hill that we're sitting on top of. And dad goes, are you going to shoot him or not? <laughs> this whole time I'd been off safety, finger on a trigger, just, just you know, and the closer he gets, the more of the, you know, I'm just, you know, you ever yeah. have to sit there and stare at a buck through your scope for 
15 minutes before you get a chance to shoot him, you, you get fever. And here I was, you know, a little kid and man, this is my first bobcat that I'm going to get a chance to shoot at. And, oh man, I'm freaking, you know, I'm good. And the next thing you know, I shot at him and freaking kicked rocks <laughs> up at him. And then dad's like, why weren't you shooting at him out there further? And I'm like, well, you said don't shoot until you told me to shoot. And you never told me to shoot. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been like, get the truck. <laughs> but uh we actually called that one up with uh, a walkman and a with a tape, cassette tape in it and a horn plugged in i mean it, it was that's, that's what we were using that night because we couldn't find i think maybe his brother had his tape deck or something <laughs> like that and uh my uncle did so that was that was really where got, i got fired up and at that point then me and my cousin you know by the time we were probably 12 we'd go out to my grandparents and he always had this little Datsun pickup or a little Ford Ranger or something, and we could drive all over. And we had, you know, I don't know, probably had, I don't know how many thousand acres, two, two or three thousand acres between what the family owned and what they had leased around. And it was all, you know, all we'd have to do is just cross out of the pasture, cross county road. And yeah. So we we started, you know, me and my cousin go out there on weekends, and we'd start hunting. But, you know, we were pretty young, and we'd just jump in the truck and go and show back up when we showed up. Grandma and Grandpa didn't. They wouldn't go throw fits at us, and Grandpa couldn't hear us anyway. Uh, and and it just went on from there. So hell, by the time we were 16 years old, I mean, that's all we did every weekend. We were either calling or coon hunting or, you know, doing something. Right. When did you, I guess it'd be backing up, uh, jumping, I don't know. When did you get into government trapping? Did you get into government trapping because you liked coon hunting? I got into government trapping, so when I got out of college and uh, went to work for, you know, the guy I was working for with wildlife stuff, and then Kathleen graduated, we got married, and uh, so I was raised in a custom combine business. So my my family, you know, take combines. When I was real young, we take them all the way up in Kansas, Oklahoma, Colorado, and uh, as I got, you know, in my, I'd say preteen, we started staying in Texas. You know, we'd go. You know, we stay busy all year long in Texas. So when I got married to Kathleen, my dad had got elected county commissioner. Well, he still had a combine, and he had just sold one to a farmer that we cut for. And so I leased that machine back and took his, and I went and made the whole run and was thinking that was what I wanted to do, was get in the custom combine business because it's all I'd ever done. I mean, I loved it. Uh, there's farmers all over state of texas that watched me grow up and they're like family to us yeah um and so that's that's what i want to do i enjoyed it which leads to what i do now and the reason why i enjoy what i do now I deal with the same people i'm just not <laughs> i'm not not necessarily running machines you know I'm, but it's 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 the people that makes it you know right. enjoyable uh so i was looking at going to buy a combine and once you do that you know this day and age you're married to that it's oh, a yeah. lot it's a huge investment and yeah. i was broke so once I made that investment, you know, I had some, I made some money that year running the machines with dad, you know, not being able to go for the first time since 1970 freaking two or whenever he got back in it. My granddad had started the business back in the fifties. So it's just second nature. So I was going to looking at doing that. And then Kathleen was like, are you sure we want to do this? Because we got married in April. You left in May and got home in December. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I was like, well, you know, if, if we're not going to do it, we need to decide that now because, 
you know, once we pull this trigger, it's too late. Yeah. You, know, you can't just back out on that. And so we kind of talked about it, went over it, and decided, well, okay, we'll we'll find it. We'll try to find something else to do. And that was I just got to looking for a job, and uh, wildlife service was hiring at the time, so they had two or three spots open. I went there and interviewed, and he basically gave me my pick of which one I wanted, and uh, chose Concho County. And Kathleen got on with NRCS right there in that same county because she's got a range. Uh, degree just like i mean we were in the same department and uh so she became a range specialist with nrcs and and put us all in the same spot and it just kind of fell in from there so i did that for about five years ish and then got in the game warden academy two months into that broke my arm and not at the academy but at home took a medical drop thinking well i'll you know, reapply next time they have it. Well, then I got into crop insurance adjusting and fell in love with what I'm doing. And it's all I want to do now. So as far as your duties as a trapper, what was the day-to-day like? Uh, it was mostly working where there was killing at. And I worked, Concho County is a big sheet and goat county. Yeah. So there was always some kind of livestock being killed and, uh, so I worked, and, you know, I had half the county. There was another trapper that they hired shortly after me that took the other half the county. And we worked together a lot, and you know, back and forth. But, you know, it was mostly just wherever there was sheep or goats getting killed. And then we had to do the – they had the rabies project going on back then. So in the springtime, I was having to get a lot of gray foxes and take rabies samples, brain stems and jaw bones and, and uh, all kind of good stuff out of that. So as far – I'm assuming – the pay's not worth the shit. It was not great, no. <laughs> I mean, I think when I started out, uh, it was like twenty four thousand a year. But every once in a while, but every once in a while, they did stick me in a helicopter and I got to shoot stuff out of it, and I yeah. got paid for those days too. Yeah, that wouldn't be too and bad. So yeah, that was kind of you know fringe benefits of it, and then, uh, I, mean, I mean, it was. I enjoyed that part of it. I mean, it wasn't something that after you did it a time or two, it was just like okay, it's just another day at work. And, you know, the more you did it, it was just more. So so when you say, you know, Johnny Rancher over here is having a problem, he calls whoever, they send you out. Is it up to the landowner what means you yeah. do? Yeah, so you would have to fill out, oh, I forget exactly what it was called, basically a landowner agreement. And they could pick what means I could use and... I mean, I'd go through the whole list. I mean, it was, had these check boxes, and they basically checked, okay, you can use steel traps, you can use snares, you can use M44s, you can use aerial, you can, you know, or they say, no, I don't want you using M44s, or I don't want you using steel traps. Or What was the M44? That's the sodium cyanide device. That thing right over there? Yeah. Uh, one of our great listeners sent that in. I was scared to touch yeah. it. <laughs> no, it's not. It's, it's, not, it's it. not loaded. No, I'm just saying, like, might be some shit on it. I don't, nah. I don't know how that works. So you put the little sodium cyanide capsule right in there. You cock this thing, little tool that you cock it with, and then that goes right in there. So you would put the bait on the little red. And you deal. put the bait around this, and it would thread on to here. A little plunger thing would be set underneath it. And then when they grab and pull, 
it shoots shot right the side out in their mouth. Yeah. Basically, the only way one of these could ever hurt you would be if you stuck it in your mouth and pulled it. Just having residual cyanide on it ain't going to... Just don't lick your fingers if you got it. <laughs> Anyways, so did you get to do a lot of calling while you was trapping? Or Quite was a bit. Just... I mean, I just kind of, when I needed to, I went. When I wanted to, I went. I mean, it wasn't like, I mean, I could I could go pretty well anytime I wanted to. I mean, any and calling was another deal, one of the deals that right. was on the checklist. Um, and, you know, you had to use, you had they had to check off. You could use lights, and they had to check off. I mean, it was... I don't remember exactly every single thing on there that they had to check off, but right. um, you know they didn't, they didn't care if I was out there calling. So that's over primarily fox country, but they do have coyotes. Yeah, and I'm sure they got more coyotes now than right. they did when I left. I mean, it's 2012 into 2012 is when I left. I mean, we're talking 10 years. There's a lot of coyotes move into anywhere in 10 years. But uh, I spent a lot of time locating Um the guy I worked with, he'd been doing it for a long time. Uh, his name's Tim O'Donnell, and uh, was a great mentor for trapping. Um, you know, guy could run. You know, he taught me a lot about running steel and uh, locating coyotes. And we did a lot of. You know, we'd be out there way for daylight a lot of days and bouncing a siren and a locator back and forth and getting him things to howl and getting two different angles on them. That way, we kind of had a really good idea where they were at. And you know, if if we couldn't. We'd, we'd go in and call them if we could. You know, at that point, once once the pups got up big enough that the pups could howl, mm-hmm. they couldn't help but shut up. I mean, they was going to, you know, if you ran a siren, or you, you know, they was going to yip. Yeah. And then you just get the wind right. And, you know, when you get two angles on it, you got a pretty good idea. Okay, well, they're on that ridge right there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'd sit there and look at the map and go, okay, you were here. We're, we're, and, I mean, we were pretty scientific about it, I guess, as, you, as much as you could be. Right. And, uh We'd go in and set up and call them in and kill them. So what – did that kind of just lead like, hey, I wanted to be a game warden now, or did you kind of – No, that was, something, that was something I had kind of been on my, I guess, on my radar from a pretty young age. Um, you know, I'd talked to several game wardens over the years, you know, whether I wanted to or not, and it always was something I was going to bring up and talk about. Um. It was just kind of one of those things that I guess I wouldn't put. I, I meant. I think I was meant to be where I'm at. And Perhaps. How'd you break your arm? <laughs> I had a door get slammed on it from a whirlwind, <laughs> and it That's hit some... me. It caught me across the back of my hand, so it broke these bones and it split that bone right there. It mm. didn't break it across like my whole right. foot, the main bone of my forearm. It didn't break it across. It split it with the bone. That's strange. A whirlwind. A whirlwind. <laughs> blink, what, blink, blink your eyes if there's another reason. No, no, that's <laughs> legitimately what happened. Does Kathleen hit you? Yeah, are you? Do we need to call somebody? <laughs> Shh, to are you a that. battered husband? We're not supposed to talk about that either. <laughs> I, have a, I, have a, I have a weird question for you. She wasn't even home. Like she was, uh, yeah, she had an alibi. She was over at her uh, sister's. No, she no, she was at home. No, she was out of town. <laughs> and when she showed up, I'm sitting there with my arm, my hands stuffed in a bucket of ice. And she's like, what did you do? And I brought it out and it was like this. And she's like, what the hell did you do? I was like, I, a whirlwind guy. I was like, I can't even really explain it. Like I was holding my hand was here. And the next thing I know, dust and, Wind went to swirling around me, and that freaking 
door just slammed. It's free. <laughs> I can't explain it. Were you, were you but drinking? Hey, were you you know drugs? what? This is this is the the weird deal of it. You know, had in 2018, if I'd have been a freaking game warden, would I still be here? What or happened what? in 2018? I had a freaking heart attack. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. You know, forgot about that. Would I have been? Right across the freaking highway from the emergency room in Hillsborough, Texas, or would my ass have been in South Texas or wherever in the middle of a damn field somewhere? Would you have even had a heart attack if you were game warden? Yeah, I think so. There's no way you can know that. Uh, no, the doctor pretty well said that was that that clog had been there for a oh, long time. Goddamn sawbones! I don't know nothing. <laughs> what was your question? It okay. kind of runs in the family. <clears throat> as a as a biologist and somebody who did trapping. What do, you, what do you think about fair chase? Fair chase as in what? Fair chase. The concept of fair chase as it pertains to What's your opinion of fair chase? Some people say hunting a white-tailed deer, a native white-tailed deer in a high fence isn't fair chase. It's not. Can't hunt. Here's the, I, I don't come from a <laughs> that hunting. That was for Daniel. I don't come from a hunting background. <laughs> We took a shot at Daniel earlier. I'm going to go ahead and uh, take shoot, a shot now, for Daniel. Does count, do you count fair chases if I'm driving through a pasture and see a coyote out there and I level down and shoot him? Is that fair chase? Yes. I think it's fair chase. I think applying the concept of fair to animals is just kind of weird in and of itself. Cause it's yeah, like, it's not really fair at all. We have <laughs> I mean, I caught a lot of coyotes and snares. I mean, is that fair chase? I mean, no. I would say that it's as fair as it's given... Uh, the lamb it was fixing to go eat when I caught it. Well, I think, well, it comes back to a greater point is it's almost like everybody uses, this is obviously whitetail boomer hunters. Let's, let's call it what it is. Boomer. Is you have this concept of fair chase and it's like everybody deems fair whatever it is they like to do. Yes. But like if, if it's outside that's, of that's that. That's why I asked what your opinion of fair chase was. None of it's fair. It's a, when you, <laughs> Unless they're, Running on all fours, and the only thing they can use is kill the deer. Is butting it with their head? Is a stick? No, that's that'd be unfair. They don't have sticks. This is true. If the only way they can kill it is by pawing it, you got to bite it in the neck, gnawing on it with just your. You can't use your, you know, canine teeth, or head butting it. That'd be fair chase. So the it same people that. that the same people that, that complain about fair chase would pay to, to go get in a helicopter and go shoot pigs. One hundred percent. And pay to uh, stick a thermal on their gun and go out there and shoot a pig in the middle of the night, or if the game wardens in the state of Texas had let them, they'd go out there and kill that hundred eighty inch buck that's been coming into their low fence deer feeder. That uh, it's mostly, or food plot. It's mostly these people who shoot like six points and eight points when they're three years old. Yeah. Or two years old, or one year old, that can't afford to go on a high fence hunt. Yeah. So like, that's not fair, Chase. You're not a real hunter. Yeah. Or you, pe- people who like do articles now like match bullets aren't for. Do hunting. you think there's? Do you think there's a certain nobility in hunting? Yeah, I would say probably so. Hunting in general, or being a good hunter. Being a good hunter. I say being a good hunter absolutely requires ability. Wait, you said ability? Yes. I said nobility. 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 I'm going to say yeah to the same thing. Same. I'd have the same answer. Yeah. What about the price of eggs in China, Fitz? <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Are they expensive? I think it's not worth the wear and tear on the hen's ass. 
<laughs> That's some old man humor right there, boy. <laughs> that joke's been around since at least the 30s. It's the first time he's heard it, though. I know. He just you can see the look on his on face him. like it just went, whoa. <laughs> that was yeah. deep. It was, it was like, he just really say that? That's some boomer shit. You want to wrap this up? We didn't even talk about pointy what bullets. Go, Kyle? That's what I wanted. We, we, didn't, we didn't talk about pointy bullets. We'll you know what? Why don't we do this? Time. How about this? Let's so we, this. we sidetracked. We sidelined for a little bit. A little bit. Why don't you wrap this up, Kyle, by giving us a good old-fashioned Kyle Trawick story? A Kyle Trawick story? Yeah. Gosh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> do, I tell, do I tell the samurai sword one? Either way, it's full of shit. It's not. It had happened, hundred percent. You ever heard the story of the boy who cried wolf? That's not. That's not how this went down. That's how this went. That's down. not how this went down. So, I we reckon were, you should tell it. We were hunting in an undisclosed. Should I, should I put some music low. to back that up? Some samurai music. <laughs> Move on. We were hunting in a non-disclosed location, uh, hunting some foxes, and we was hunting a mountain cougar. Well, yes, we was doing that in fox country. In fox country. Mountain cougar. And we couldn't uh, bypass all them foxes that were running in. Oh, no. And I'll, I'll just to, so no one gets offended, I won't go into the whole story. <laughs> um, it's a doozy. It's, yes. I'm sure some, some may watch, and I don't want to. I'm not going to be that guy. So we get to the last stand of the night, and I believe Wade shot a fox, and I get out to go and retrieve it while they're still calling and i'm headed back to the truck and i hear lip squeaking so i stop hunker down sitting there just waiting and i can hear talking and mumbling and i don't know there may have been a scream of you know i don't know if it was pain or passion i don't know but anyway so it was I, me being nice. I hear a shot and i hear a fox start screaming out there that had been crippled and Wade runs down out of this, this just a freaking stairwell of a daggum. Yeah, that was the, the big the, rack. The big rack. Big so he rack. goes on a dead run down this thing and takes off running. I'm like, okay, so we're chasing down crippled foxes tonight. So I, I take off running behind him thinking, what are we doing? And I pitch the fox I'm carrying toward the truck as I go by, falling behind Wade. He has no idea I'm coming. Um, next thing I know, I hear that little 22 pistol that he was carrying on his side start singing. And then the next thing I know, the fox is between me and him, the 22 still singing and I'm screaming. Ah! And it's so super then, rocky there. A very rocky, lots of prickly pear. And as I'm approaching where Wade is after this fox and he's saying words that I'm not going to repeat on here. They were all kind words. It was all four letters. It was. Lots of them. And. Well, folks, that's all the time we have tonight for the TPH podcast. Thanks for joining us. And uh, have a great evening.